Hi, editing Avery here with a very quick note. We did experience some minor technical issues in this episode that resulted in a few small audio skips. You may also notice a couple of cuts where we needed to trim out some network problems. Uh, we really appreciate you sticking with us as we continue to improve these issues for future episodes, and we hope you enjoy this discussion. Hello! Welcome to And It's Writing, a podcast where... Uh, Two writers have a few drinks and revise some of our old work. And sometimes, like today, we will discuss uh, writing-related topics. Um, I'm Avery. I write adult fantasy. And right now, what I'm working on is I am very much still stuck in revisions. Um, many index cards and post-its have given their lives in the service of revising this week. <laughs> um, we're, we're very much in the weeds of revising. Um, the, weeds. the weeds, but we are making progress. Weeds. It's going very well. It's just it's going very slowly. Um, and I guess I'll do the what I'm reading section. And this one comes with a little bit of an explanation. <laughs> so I needed a comfort read and I'm going to explain what this book is. And you're going to go, how the hell is that a comfort read? And I, I got to tell you, it's called Land of the Beautiful Dead by R. Lee mm. Smith. <laughs> DC has heard of this mm. book. <laughs> it is a very long book. It's over 700 pages long. It is a horror romance that like veers into, it dips a toe into erotica. And it's basically like in a zombie apocalypse and the main character goes to like the king of the zombies and is like, hey, please stop destroying the world. And then he's like, we're going to do a Beauty and the Beast sort of situation. Now you're living here. It's really messed up. It's very dark, but it's also very sweet and very heartfelt. Um, but the point I was going to go with here is that we always try to talk about what we're reading is doing well. And the first time I read this book, I was very angry at it. <laughs> Because I started reading it for like funsies because I was like, oh, this sounds weird. What are we going to do? And then I ended up like bawling my eyes out, like horrifically destroyed by this book. And this time I'm reading it with a bit more of a critical eye and going, how did it do that? And I really, because it, you know, that analogy people like to use with the bumblebee where it's like it shouldn't fly, but it does. That's kind of how I felt about this book the first time. I'm like, why is this working? Because it's long. It goes on weird tangents. There's scenes that you're like, why are we doing this? But then you're like, but I'm in it. I'm reading it. And it's because it's doing goals. <laughs> it's doing characters' goals and motivations very well. Every scene, I know what every character wants and how they're moving closer to that thing or farther away from that thing and how those goals conflict. And that's actually causing a lot of tension, even in a scene that ostensibly doesn't have a lot of tension um, because it's all under the surface. And so it's actually really interesting to study this like analysis of goals. But every time you tell people about it, they're like, it's like a zombie smutty book. And you're like, kind of, but, but also no, <laughs> but also yes. Zombies with penises. It's a little less zombie and a little more like someone really, really had a thing for Imhotep from the Mummy movie. Nice. <laughs> Excellent. I can see why you might like it. <laughs> so dirty. Uh, all right. Does that mean it's that my means turn? It's your turn. Awesome. Well, I'm DC and I am also in uh, revision hell at the moment Woo! with a speculative fiction novel that is that's currently approaching 135,000 words and I'm kind of hating myself for that but we'll see where it goes and how, how my life ends at the end of this all <laughs> uh, but it is what it is uh, for now um, and currently I am I, okay like I'm literally 10 pages away from finishing the goldfinch which I've been reading so for the last like month it's really long and i'm super excited to watch the movie tomorrow because i'm like oh i gotta get it done today because i get i want to watch this movie tomorrow it's got all these hot actors in it and i can't wait to to watch the sparks fly apparently is a box office drag i actually didn't know there was a movie yeah like came out like 
I think she must have sold the rights like the moment the book got sold because like it like the movie the movie was there when the book was there so it's like oh anyway it's been a 730 page 760 page ride and uh, it's slightly uh, longer than my zombie smut book yeah like and then I I I think because I love the way she paces so much I'm going to go ahead and read her debut novel next which is the the secret history Mm -hmm. uh Donna Tartt and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing how she grew uh, from where this book is to where she started, because this book is written beautifully. And I know that she apparently wrote beautifully before. So I'm, I'm curious to see that because it's been like, you know, there's like a 20 year gap there. So we'll see. Uh, but yeah, that's that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. So yeah, today we're going to be discussing critique partners. Um, Tangentially, that means we'll also be discussing betas a little bit, kind of the difference between the two, how they are similar, what they are, why you need them, and most importantly, where the heck do you find them? (laughs) Um, But first, the drinks. Um, I'll do my drink because it's rapidly wilting. Um, So I'm going to hold it up for the (laughs) people who are actually viewing on the live stream so you can see how pretty it is the whipped cream is oh no it's it's getting lost in my like green screen filter it's like disappearing okay well it's the disappearing pumpkin spice latte drink uh because i found most of my critique partners and beta readers through various nanowrimo related events which is very fall thing it's november so it always makes me think of like fall weather and fall drinks uh it is Spiced rum, coffee liqueur, uh, a custom pumpkin spice syrup that I made using pumpkin puree and pumpkin spice, and then just milk and whipped cream. And I'm actually drinking the same thing today, um, except for uh, I made a, okay, it wasn't a critique, but it was a change because we're talking about critique partners today. So I needed to change a little bit of it. But in the spirit of being a critique partner, I kept the spirit of the drink because when you're somebody's critique partner, you don't want to change your story. You just want to help them make it better. I don't think mine's better in this case, the drink. Um, Because I noticed you used rum and coffee liquor and pumpkin spice. So I'm like, that's every ingredient inside of Kahlua, Um, uh, pumpkin spice Kahlua. So I went in, I I had and I grabbed pumpkin spice Kahlua. And use that instead. That's actually probably, I mean, it's probably fine. And it's probably like a lot less work. It's very good. And I want to drink it all. Yeah, this one is also very drinkable. It's probably the most drinkable drink I've developed for this show. And so I'm going to drink it very fast. This could be a very interesting (laughs) show very quickly. It's it's delicious. And I hate myself. I feel a little better about mine. I did use almond milk in mine. Uh, most. Oh man, here I was trying to be like Well, you. I mostly did it because I have almond milk that I need to use. <laughs> so anyways. Okay. We'll get into the actual topic and stop talking about how much I'll get our pumpkin spice latte. Shut up, they love it. <laughs> pumpkin spice is very divisive, but I am extremely basic. I love it. Put it in everything. There's a pumpkin spice pop tart that's actually really good around fall. Uh, But only around fall. (laughs) Okay. So the first thing is breaking down, like, what is a critique partner? What is a beta reader? And how are they different? Um, The definition is going to vary from person to person. So I'm kind of curious what your definition is. Uh, The way I separate them um, might be a little bit different than the way other people separate them. My critique partners are sort of the people I sit around and cry a lot to during the process and swing them a sentence here or there like I did with you today you know they help me through they help me through the beginning stages of the first like three or four drafts because I'm a person who does not give my work to a beta reader until about draft four um they help me through that process uh psychologically they help me Okay, you might need to, yeah, you might need to repeat yourself. You said that psychologically they help you, and then I lost you. Psychologically they help me. 
psychologically they helped me uh through all of my imposter syndrome and all of that mm -hmm. uh and then you know they help me with the little things here and there uh the beta readers for me are the people who don't see the stuff behind the curtain they they are the people who look at my work and they tell me if it's working uh you know if it's if it's ready for query if i need to make another you know if i need to do another draft which i usually do usually everybody does um that that kind of stuff whereas the the critique partner for me is somebody who is pretty much there with me through the entire process um emotional support uh editorial support whatever i need yeah that actually jives a lot with what i think of because i do tend to think of critique partners as an ongoing relationship um, and a little bit deeper relationship, whereas like a beta reader is what you said is someone I send something to that is either mostly finished or I think it's finished. <laughs> I inevitably find out it's not, but I think it's done at the time <laughs> uh, and send them a really polished draft. They read it once, give me some feedback, call it a day. Um, I do have repeat beta readers, but that's all they do. Whereas critique partners, like you said, you can send them a paragraph, you can bounce off ideas, you can come to them and go, oh my God, I just found a plot hole. Help. Um, so yeah, I do think it's just kind of like, and there's a little bit of a sliding scale, but yeah, I definitely think that it's mostly that beta readers kind of help at the end of the process and have a lower level of involvement in the process than critique partners do. Yeah. I agree. So next question. Why are critique partners important? Uh, I know they're important for me because without them, I'd be super freaking lonely uh, for one and <laughs> for two. And, you know, I don't know, like I, they are there to reaffirm that I am not um, a bad writer uh, on the days where I have have these paragraphs and I'm just like, I feel like I can't get through this help, help oh. And then like, I, you know, it, it's, it's just that give and take. It feels like it kind of keeps me alive. It keeps me in the game, keeps me up to date. I think a lot of my critique partners, um, you and then uh, top secret chat we're a part of, uh, you know, they, we get a lot of news from them, agent news. It, it helps kind of the socialization aspect as well as uh, the critique aspect. Yeah. Um, and keeps you informed yeah i think it's it's definitely like a big psychological help in just even just like straight up knowing you're not alone like you can go into people and be like you know i'm currying i've just got my x number rejection and just having your friends be like me too <clears throat> um and yeah. it's also like you know on the other side of that it's nice to see your friends succeed and it's just it's just a nice sense of community to have people there who are also writers who are going through a lot of the same things. Um, I have people who support my writing who are not writers. Uh, my husband is one of them, but sometimes you just want to be like, you want to complain about something that's very specific <laughs> and you can't tell a non-writer about it. You have to be like, I can't figure out what this character's motivation is in this scene. And the non-writers are like, sorry. Whereas other other people who are writers can kind of understand a little bit more and it's just it just helps emotionally and mentally with the whole process to have that support network and that's what i think a lot of C cps and I'll, i'm gonna say cps for critique partner a lot because that's just the vernacular i'm used to so just know that's what i mean um yeah but that's what they yeah that's what they do a lot for me also i think it's i think it's a good point that you made that i think a lot of critique partners are often writers and um beta readers mm -hmm. don't have to be writers i think 90 percent of my beta readers do not that write. is true um yeah they, they read a lot and that's that makes them very helpful my hair's doing <laughs> and i and i suggest to anybody who doesn't have uh somebody reading their books who's not a writer to to find some even if you have to tell your friends your real life friends that you've been writing a book you know sometimes you know you should just admit it <laughs> and ask your friends to read your fucking book like i don't know how many <laughs> like i don't know how people like hide this shit from their friends i talk to so many people they're like oh my friends don't know like i'll never tell them he <laughs> and i'm like what is wrong with you you said shit. everybody knows i'm you writing know? but they don't always know exactly what i'm writing <laughs> uh 
But it, you know, it's fair to a point because it's like friends will tell you what yeah, you want to hear. That was going to uh, be my next point. You no, know, so, so don't make them all friends. You yeah, know? you want to like, give it to friends that you know you can trust to be honest with you. Uh, if you give it to like a yeah. family member that you know is going to like try to cushion your feelings then it's not going to help you any because like if you give it to your mom and you know your mom is one of those moms that's just like my precious baby can do no wrong then you know that that person is going to be like not a good beta reader because they're just they're just going to be like <laughs> it's great even if they don't think so but you can have friends who are readers but not writers who you know are going to be like yeah, I liked it, but here's what I didn't like about it. And those people are really worth a lot because like you said, readers approach things differently than writers do. And sometimes you just need to know that it's going to impact readers a certain way. And they're a little harder to find for me, the beta readers that are not writers. Um, but if you can find a good one, keep <clears throat> them. They never get yes. to leave. Yeah, don't let them go. Even if you get imposter syndrome and quit writing for a year, stay in contact with your critique partners because you bitch, you know you're going to be back. <laughs> you're not you're not fucking fooling anybody. Like get out of town. You're not fooling anyone. Yes, bribe them, them with pumpkin spice. In the, yes. Someone in the chat just said bribe That them is actually one of the people that um I was going to bring up this other thing that critique partners do, and this particular person is very, very good at this, which is when you need to work out a plot problem and you know you need someone to talk to, but you figure out the problem halfway through telling them what it is um, or the answer to the problem. Uh, we used to joke about this particular uh, viewer. We would meet up at Starbucks in the before times and <laughs> sit around and I'd be like, OK, I've got a plot problem. And I'm going to explain it to you in great detail. And you just need to sit there and go, uh-huh. And halfway through, I'm going to figure out the solution. And inevitably that happens. I'd be like, okay, so character A is doing this. But if character A knows about B, then they can't do C. But then if they don't do C, then, oh, I've got it. I figured it out. <laughs> and my friend's just like, yeah. go you. And it's very nice to you have that it. support of somebody who will listen and just let you do that. Because honestly, it works so often just lining out your problems and verbalizing them to a person. Half the time you'll figure them out yourself. Yep. Yep. Sometimes you just got to say it out loud. <clears throat> and when you have no friends, you can talk to yourself. Um, I read a thing on, I think it was Tumblr. Uh, probably it was Tumblr about how um, programmers do this with like a rubber duck and they like explain their code to the rubber duck and halfway through they'll figure out where the error in their code is. And so like you can tell the stuffed animal, you can tell your cat. Uh, but just like saying it out loud, like here is my problem. A lot of times your brain kind of goes, aha. And it's nice to have a person to do it to, but if you don't, there's other options. <laughs> like a rubber duck. Exactly. Um, so we kind of talked about what makes a good critique partner is, you know, we kind of already went over that, which was the next question. Um, what is the process you follow when trying out a new critique partner? And I think this actually works better for like a beta reader. Although it does do for swaps. Like if you're doing your... Look, man, I have a process for finding critique partners and it's called being a gigantic, obnoxious person in chat <laughs> and seeing which stick around because I know that if they can't stick around through my bullshit, then they're not worth my time. Like, I think within like the first week of me being in like a critique group chat, I've announced that... I'm queer and all of my mental shortcomings and all of this and all of that. And I've basically told them literally everything. And I've probably used capital letters at least 50% of the time. And sworn a few uh, times, use, one, some, use some curse words. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I swear a lot. I swear a lot. And that's, that's a great, that's a great one because if people don't like my swearing and some people haven't, <laughs> they leave and I'm super happy about it. Well, it's like, if you weren't going to be a good fit anyway. Then now is the time to know. Yeah, like and then you, sometimes you find people like me who you can't shake no matter what. <laughs> and exactly. then you end up doing you know, a podcast you, together. You, 
Yeah, you can't fake it with people because, like, you know, that that's part of making friends is being honest and, like, why waste your fucking time with people who don't like who you are? Like, I, I'm going to be straight about it. Like, be yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I know it's scary to be yourself in front of strangers, but, I, you know, you'll waste a lot less time, uh, I think. But you don't want to do that with beta readers. Yeah. You want to be <laughs> Beta readers are definitely, beta <laughs> readers are definitely more of, like, a business relationship. It's... A little more of that professional, you know, longer emails that are like, thank you for your time in agreeing to beta this book where CPs, it's like, here's my garbage sucker. (laughs) So (laughs) it is definitely like just a casual versus more of a business relationship. Um, But yeah, there is actually a process for trying a new critique partner. Um, I will kind of get into this a little bit later about what happens when this process goes very badly or you forget to do this process, uh, which is to swap a sample chapter. Do not give a new person your entire book if you have not like learned that you're good together. Because sometimes you'll give someone your entire book and they will come back and tell you in great detail everything that is terrible with it. And not because it's a terrible book, but because it wasn't the book for them and they're not the critique partner for you. Um, So if you swap sample chapters, you can read it and be like, this is not my genre. This is not my trope. I'm not the reader for you without committing to reading an entire book you hate. This has gone for me the other way, too. I have committed to read an entire book and gotten halfway through the book and been like, this is just not for me. And sometimes it's bad and sometimes it's not even that it's bad. It's just that it's not for me. But I'm like, well, I committed to this. And then I have to like slog through making edits. So swap a sample chapter or two. Or you'll end up with people like me who you hand the whole book to up front as a beta reader. And then I read like the first three chapters and I give it back to you. And I'm like, no, you should probably fix this first. (laughs) Because I'm one of those beta readers who really wants to read something that you've put time into. Um, and I, 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 I don't often want to read people's first drafts. And if I feel like I'm reading a first draft, I'll give it back because I'm a writer and I have better things to do with my time. <laughs> and maybe that makes me a big asshole. But um, I will say, also, I've been told that, you know, having that kind of feedback is good. So we'll, it does. Know. I mean, it, sometimes it's that like, it's not even harsh. It's just that loving honesty. Like, hey, dude, yeah um and i just lost whatever thought it was i had a thought and it's gone goodbye goodbye Goodbye. Goodbye. i don't remember well while you're rethinking about it um uh you know it 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 is out of love and i don't think i've ever i don't actually think i've ever given a book back to somebody who i actually didn't care about the story Mm -hmm. for uh i've only ghosted somebody once Um, usually, usually if I have an issue, it's because I really like your story and I want to see you make it awesome. So I I give it back. Sometimes I'll grit my teeth through it and read the whole thing when I don't. I'll admit I am bad (laughs) about being a slow beta and critique partner because I tend to overcommit because I actually now have had a point, I've hit a point where I have a number of friends who are actually very good writers and I really want to read all their stories. And then I'm like, yeah, I'll read all your stories. And then like, six of them come in at once and I'm like ah and then I do that thing where when you have like too much to do and your brain just shuts down and so there are times when like I'll commit to do a beta read and then by the time I get to it they're like oh I'm already on the next draft and I'm like then let me read the next draft I'm sorry I I mean as as the butthead in this in this uh, podcast, this here podcast, uh, if you think you're going to start working on a next draft right after you give it to beta readers, I would seriously suggest just oh, not giving it to beta. This readers. is not always right after. This is sometimes when they're like, "Okay, I would like feedback within like oh. three months," and then like three <laughs> months pass, and I'm like, "I'm still not done Were yet." And they're like, "Well, I've got everybody else's feedback. I'm gonna go," and I'm like, "Sorry." Okay, that's fair. That's um, fair. Yeah, that's like, valid. Yeah, that's- so in that situation, yeah, that I'm just like, let me read the next draft, please, because it was good. Like, it's it's not usually that it's yeah. bad. Actually, I don't think it with right now, I'm very selective with because I have so many friends 
I am pretty selective with who I critique partner with just because I don't have, I have a finite amount of time. And so all the people that I've agreed to read are people whose work I really like. Um, but yep. yeah, I can, I'll admit I can be not always the best beta or critique partner as far as but time I, goes. Yeah. I will get to it eventually. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's important for everybody to hear both your side and my side of those feelings because Every beta reader has a thing about them where, you know, I'm, I'm the spooky beta reader. You're the beta reader that loves stuff, but you take time. You know, I think that going into a situation where you're looking for CPs or beta readers is really important to know that they're people and they have, uh, they have flaws, uh, and, and they have good sides too. And I, and it's important to remember that stuff as you're kind of swapping. Nobody's perfect. Uh, you know, and that's my TED talk. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, Thank you for coming. One of the TED other things talk. about the process that just occurred to me is swap sample chapters, but also find out if you are doing the reading for someone, find out what type of feedback they're looking for. And if you're asking someone to read for you, tell them what kind of feedback you're looking for. Because sometimes, uh, especially with critique partners that I may be sending stuff that's a little bit rougher. Sometimes I'm just like, I just need to know if the plot works. Like, that's it. Don't go into prose. I just want to know if, like, the structure is sound. Um, whereas with sometimes with beta reads, I want, like, a little more detail. I want to be like, feel free to go in and line edit. Um, so it's, it's kind of nice to know, like, what they expect of you and what you expect of them. So, do you have any fun <sighs> stories of either A, something you missed that a critique partner pointed out, or B, a horror story about a critique that went bad? And if you don't have B, I've got samples here in a minute. <laughs> so maybe A. Oh maybe we'll have you do A and I'll do B. So you do, like, something that someone caught in your book. And you don't have to be super specific, uh, depending on the book. But just kind of in general, like, something that you wouldn't have been able to improve or fix or catch if it hadn't been for a critique partner or beta reader. Yeah, honestly, um, I have, think I have one that's good for both of those. Um, and I always use, I think it was, a. I think this is more considered a beta reader thing. Um, but it was like the first time I had given my book to like anyone and I gave it to my um, mother-in-law <laughs> and uh, and I always use this story because I think it's really important. And I gave it to my mother-in-law when I was about 19 or 20 years old. And I was like, hey, I've been working on this book for five or six years now because it had been that long because I was young when I was working on it. Um, and, I, and I gave it to her and, you know, I had talked it all up. And... We've lost DC. Yay, technical issues. I'm going to sit here and sing the technical issues song until DC Can you hear me now? returns. You're here back. Here we are. Here we are. You're nope. back. Okay. Yeah. Hi. I know I know exactly where I left off. So I gave okay. my so I gave my mother-in-law this uh manuscript when I was 19. And um then a week later my mother-in-law handed it back. Um and she said, uh I only read the first five chapters and and I just want to tell you that I think this has a lot of potential, but right now it's bad and you need to learn to research. And here's a list of books I think you should read. And here's um, the things that, you know, just, you know, couldn't sink me into the story. And this is why I didn't want to finish it. And But I think that you got this and you should go ahead and, and do it again. And then I got really sad for like two years. <laughs> but I tell you what, I, tell I think you what. we all have the and then I got sad for two years story yeah, when it comes I, to know, writing. Still, yeah, but you know, I still I kept working on it. And, you know, that that comment, that single comment, you know, I think it's really important to take what your your betas and your CPs say to heart, because I, I took that um, to heart. And now I research very well. Um, I it's you know, I I was raised in a in a town that didn't have a lot of schooling. Uh, and I had a lot to learn. And when she told me that, it was just sort of like, okay, I trust that you're smart, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put my best foot forward, and I'm gonna actually try to fix this. And when I gave her the manuscript again, um, 
she loved it. Um, and she, you know, she really, she really vouched for me, for me when I started looking for agents and stuff. And I wrote another book after that. And that book that she hated at first is still her favorite book out of the two that I've given her so far. So these things can make a big deal. And I, yeah, you're back. Yay. I don't know yeah. if I got that. Yeah, uh, we got we got to like the ten. We I think we lost like a couple words, but yeah, I'm glad that I got that advice. Yeah. Uh, it it made me who I am. So I, that's all I. I got. think there's a lot to be said as a writer for the first time. You get that from that from an honest, loving place. Your book and your writing needs work, feedback, and then how you handle that and. In many cases, it is that I got sad for two years. And that's fine because you came back and you improved and you studied and I did the exact same thing. I was, except mine wasn't as loving. <laughs> I got a really, really <laughs> vicious beta read and then I stopped writing for a while. And then, and then I got better out of spite, which is also a good motivator because <laughs> that person was very mean and... Spite is real. Spite yeah. is a great thing to have on your side. I love yeah. spite. It, was, it did I not come working. from a place of love in this situation. I don't think it came from like a vindictive urge. I think it just, they didn't really care. And they were just like, yeah, this sucks. And I was just like, ugh. And so then, yeah, I did the same thing. I got sad for a while. I moped. I cried. I, got, I went through like the stages of grief and eventually I was just like, okay, fuck it. Guess I'm going to get better. And I think that is kind of like all writers who, especially writers who are pursuing traditional publication or a career in writing kind of have to hit that point at some point because you just have to like get through that to get better. You you kind of need someone to tell you you need to get better. You need someone to tell you get good. <laughs> yep. And if you don't like it, you usually know really, really early on if it's just not right for you. Like you get mad and then you start writing again. And that's generally how it goes. Yeah. If we have a comment from chat, spite is the best. And I agree. I think we've lost DC again. So I'm going to talk for a quick moment. Um, I think you're back, but I'm going to switch yeah. to my horror story. Which actually is, it's partially horror story, which was that I did do the thing that I said not to do. And I sent somebody, I was in the throes of querying and the like mental state of going, is this book even queryable? Am I a terrible writer? What's going on? Because I'd received some rejections and I received a couple of rejections with specific notes about the voice and in a new group, writers group that I had just joined. We were all talking about it and I was like, yeah, I don't know if I have questions about the voice. Is it too young adult? This actually was the question was, is the voice of this book more young adult than adult? And I was like, hey, would anybody be willing to give it a look and tell me what you think about the voice? And that's all I need. I don't need any other feedback. I just want to hear if the voice is YA. And I got one feedback that kind of gave me like, here's what I think about the voice and just a couple other like big things I noticed. And then I got one three-page letter that eviscerated everything about my book. Um, and uh, <laughs> are you seeing the screen? Yeah, I did. I wanted to make sure that Moxie got told that I saw their comments. I don't have Twitch yet, so I can't respond. I keep forgetting. Oh, I forget that you aren't on here. Anyway, I'm an idiot. I'll, I'll yeah. figure it out. I'll you can also have... just respond verbally, too. You can just be like, yes, I see that. Yes, I see um, you. <laughs> but yes, anyways, so I got back this feedback that was terrible and I had like a whole crisis. Um, but then I also, that is the exact same draft and the exact same manuscript that I sent out to several other beta readers before I queried. And also it is the manuscript that got me an agent. This person told me that this book should not be queried. And then I got an agent. Oh, I think I lost DC. Like, I really lost DC. So we're going to take a second. Do, do, do. We're going to sing the logging back into Skype song because for some reason my Skype quit. 
And DC is gone. Goodbye, DC. And we're all better now. See how Yay. smooth that was? Okay, anyways. What was I saying? Oh, yeah, this is the manuscript that this person said should not be queried. And then it got me my agent. And that is the manuscript that I'm currently revising for my agent, um, who had some very good feedback, but it is very a big edit. Um, but what I'm going to do is show you the importance of getting multiple feedbacks and multiple critique partners, because this here is what happens when you send the same manuscript to two different people. Critique A, we're going to read for the people who are not able to view the screen, says, really, the book I just read was not about character A and character B. It was about something. It was about temple gossip and people acting like high schoolers. It wasn't about the world. It wasn't about even about the romance. It was a book about gossip. The tension wasn't there even near the end. Second critique says, I genuinely didn't want to put it down. The world was so interesting and fun to be in. The character dynamics were so juicy. And in general, you have a way of writing atmosphere that doesn't let me go. I like so much of the detail with the temple and how everything worked. It was really well thought out. So here's the critique. So you have the first person saying the book's about gossip. It doesn't have any attention. And the second person saying, I couldn't even put it down. The world was interesting. And they even mention, I like the detail with the temple. Whereas the first person's like, the temple's just full of gossip. So with the same two people, we have another critique where it is person A says the book is slow. Very little happens in the first half. And then something's happened in the second half, but they don't feel earned because it's slow and it drags. Whereas the other person says, I also thought the pacing was great, especially as soon as character C became more of an actual presence in the story and wasn't just lurking with me side-eyeing him because I recognized the name from how much a mutual CP was raving about him. So you can have two critique partners who say literally exactly the opposite things. You can have one person say the book is slow. It lacks tension. And person B is like, the pacing is great. I love the tension. So this is part of why it's good to get multiple betas and multiple critique partners, because then if you've got four people saying you've, you've got a problem with pacing and one person saying it's great, then you, know, you can kind of weigh your odds and go, okay, maybe I do have a problem with pacing um, or the other way around. And you can go, well, one person just didn't. It wasn't for them. So yeah, that was basically that point <laughs> um, that you really do want to send it to different people. You also want to like vet your people and make sure that it's the type of story for them. And eventually I realized that it just wasn't the type of story for a person A. Um, we did not do any future swaps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just want... Like I said, you just want to get like as much feedback as you can, which leads us into where do you find that many people? <laughs> so how did you find your current critique partners and where else would you suggest we find them? Well, I didn't have any critique partners for a really long time. And then uh, I had an ex who was a pretty good critique partner. Um, he had a lot of good, uh, a lot of great feedback, but when he wasn't so great, um that ended and then I was basically like oh what the hell do I do and I discovered NaNoWriMo and ended up like basically joining literally anything that had to do with NaNoWriMo that I could because I was alone and uh I ended up um joining I think it was Pit Pitch uh a Rev Pit Rev Pit yeah I, I joined a team for Rev Pit it was this thing where whichever team wrote the most words won some such nonsense so i joined that and that's how i met avery um and a lot of the um a lot of the people that i'm still friends with today yeah i met a lot of people through that same event we were just all randomly assigned to the same team mm -hmm. and like half the people on the team either dropped out or just didn't like connect but then like half the people we really hit it off and we still yep. read each other stuff to this day there's several of them um, um yeah and, and also uh, about the NaNoWriMo stuff like I also joined one for my for my city the city of Ann Arbor Michigan and like uh there are so many people sitting right there so if Avery ever dumped me as a friend I'd be able to <laughs> probably would be never gonna to happen you. <laughs> probably You're... wouldn't be easy to replace you but I could try <laughs> um yeah uh just just in general I think writing 
uh, I think I think writing um, just events are a good way to meet people. But I will say this: don't sit around um, after you've met some people and super obsess over writing events because they can also be very toxic. Like I'm gonna be straight up, uh, they can be really toxic. Uh, find a good group of friends and then try to keep the toxins away a little bit. That is hard. Um, yeah, I will is. say for me, NaNoWriMo was a big one as well, um, which for podcast listeners later and anybody who may not know NaNoWriMo's National Novel Writing Month, which happens in November and it's the thing we try to write 30, for 30 days, you try to write 50,000 words um, or more if you're super ambitious. Sometimes I've tried, uh, sometimes I've succeeded and sometimes I haven't. Uh, <laughs> but through NaNoWriMo, I've met pretty much most of my CPs with the exception of like one or two, um, either through online events like that RevPit event um, or my local NaNoWriMo group. So if you are interested in finding other writers, that can be a good way to find them. Most regions, if you live in a region that it has any sort of population, any sort of small city, even uh, up to a big city, I am sure you probably have a region um, you can go on the NaNoWriMo website and search regions and find it. Um, you can also, um, if you're looking locally, um, your library may have some NaNoWriMo events, depending. Um, or even that could be a good place to find local writers groups uh, is at your library um, outside of NaNoWriMo, uh, different writers associations or different critique groups, um, if you are lucky enough to have a local library. So do you have any other places you would recommend? Me? Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I have ruthlessly reached out to authors in the past, uh, and some of them have gotten back to me, um, and some of them are actually my friends now. Um, so, like, uh, you know, um, I think it's just it's okay to be ruthless sometimes, but don't annoy people, um, you know, touch base with the people you, you think you're jiving with, watch their Twitter page for a while, see how you feel about their personality. Make sure they're not wa waving Trump flags around. And it's a tongue a twister after you've Aaron had a couple of pumpkin spice because lattes. you're drunk. Um, yes. Uh, make sure, you know, screen them yourself and then reach out if you feel like it's a, if it's a good decision. Um, and you don't, you don't have to wait for writing events. Uh, I, I, there's a big scene on Twitter with, people that follow back um if you search hashtags like writer's life and like writing community and that kind of stuff like okay the following back thing can get really annoying after a while uh -huh. and that community is also very toxic um but if you're alone <laughs> if you're alone in the world and you really need to start getting used to that sort of thing um you can always do that as a practice you know just take it easy because it can get really toxic yeah. really really fast or if you if you must find people on twitter uh, there's actually two things i would recommend more than the writer's lifts because the writer's lifts really are just about like getting numbers and it's also the way you tend to find out that you've like followed someone who's like a horrible raging bigot by accident because they didn't have anything on their profile yet and then later they sure start is. posting and you're just like oh no so yep yeah bad. instead of bad. writer's lifts i recommend um there is a hashtag called cp match and it's like an event that happens fairly regularly if you search the hashtag you'll see like a schedule of when the event is posting i am sorry i cannot remember which user hosts it but you post like here's what i write here's what i'm looking for and it's just a quick way to see what other people are looking for and then you start connecting and communicating and seeing if you're a match also um there's one called write event and I can't remember, I think it may only have one E, W-R-I-T-E-V-E-N-T-E, -E -E, I think, or write events. I'll put it in the show notes later. Um, but it's various writing tag, co not contests, but like tag games. So it's like, today we're doing like, find this word in your manuscript and post a line or, you know, posts your villain's favorite drink at the coffee shop or whatever but it's like a bunch of games where you kind of get to know people and they're writing a little bit more than just like the numbers boosting that is writer's lift um that's actually how i first got into writer twitter 
was because that right event Twitter posts like here's all the events for the day that are happening. Um, so like one line Wednesday or post an aesthetic today or whatever. And that was how I first started meeting writers was through that because you do get to see a little bit about them and a little bit about what they're writing rather than just like a follow for follow kind of thing. Um, I will say I'm I am I'm still on Twitter. I'm not as on Twitter as I used to be because it is it, it's a mess. It's a mess. It's a lot. It's a royal Um, mess. And I've honestly never been the person to follow back because, you know, you want people to love what you do mm -hmm. without having to, like, love what they do back. Because you're not always going to love what your fans do, what your supporters do. And it's it's important to practice uh, some boundaries for yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, make sure you know, make sure you like what you're getting into. If you are the kind of follow back person, you know, make sure you like it. Make sure that that feels good for you. Make sure you're not following too many people whose success or rejection stories make you sad. Uh, yeah. That's a really good way to get down on yourself. And you should probably just not don't even. Yeah. Yeah. And there are times where you'll need to curate your space differently than you do other times. Like I know when I was querying, there were times where I would have to be like, I am stepping back from Twitter because I was happy for people who are having success, but it was also detrimental to my mental health to see people posting signings and book deals and stuff there for a little while. And there's nothing wrong with curating your space and just being like, I am not here for this right now. (laughs) Like I just, it's not my thing right now. Um, So that's why the thing with Twitter. And I actually do like that Twitter helps you with that a little bit because while it's sometimes a little iffy, it doesn't always, it's a little glitchy sometimes, but the mute function and the block function work pretty well on Twitter most of the time. Whereas like Facebook, I've tried to get back into Facebook and there are writers groups on there. Um, They can be kind of a mixed bag. And I think you can find more success in smaller ones. So like local groups or very Mm -hmm. niche genre groups versus one that's just like every writer everywhere that has like, 30,000 members because then it's just you you don't get that like connection with people that you do on like a a smaller scale yeah (laughs) i don't know what that emoji is i don't know what's going on anyway (laughs) we uh, both just kind of pause like what happening okay um anyways but yeah that's so facebook and twitter you can use but just use them knowing that they may or may not be the best oh apparently that emoji means hey guys oh neither of us are very twitch savvy i guess hey hey it just kind of looks like a small brunette woman it is like a small brunette woman just kind of going hey i can see the the bigger Oh no, she's kind of doing like this number, like Uh-oh. waving. <laughs> like waving. It right. does kind of in the tiny, tiny <laughs> chat window look a little bit like she's flipping us off now. That hey man, fuck you too. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, what was I talking about? Oh, okay. One other place I wanted to mention before we get off of like where to find people is um there is a forum that they were down for a while but they're back up now it's slightly beta e right now while they kind of work out the glitches of their new software but it's called absolute right like absolute w-r-i-t-e if you google that you'll find the link to the forums um it's just a big writers forum it's once again a group that has a lot of people but because it's a forum everything's broken down into like you know sub forums and it's a lot easier to navigate than like a facebook group Um, They do have a section for sharing your work with other people, critiquing other people's work. You have to hit a certain post limit before you can post your own work for critique, but you can start critiquing as soon as you sign up. And that can actually be a good way to get a feel for what other people write and start communicating with people in kind of like a like a no commitment way to just kind of start commenting. And if you start noticing that someone's posting something and you're like, I really kind of like what they're posting, then you might be able to kind of meet people there. Um, It's also a good place to kind of practice your getting and giving critique etiquette (laughs) in general um, to get kind of used to what people are looking for in a critique and to also like learn to accept criticism. gracefully yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's okay. Moving on. Moving on. Anyways, what I was going to say was like, start your own group. If you have a few friends, uh, if you have like uh, literally just like two writing friends, start a critique group and be like, please invite other people if you vet them. Um, because yeah, I, I finally hit a point where I started, I knew enough people that a couple people kind of came to me around the same time going, Hey, do you know anybody who's looking for a writer's group or who has a writer's group looking for people more specifically? And so I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna start one. And so I just invited all of my writing friends and had like six or seven people sign up. And now we have a critique group that critiques, uh, submissions every month and ha meets for a support group every month. Um, and that kind of goes into like the web. Like once you start making writing friends, then you start meeting like their writing friends. Cause they'll be like, okay, you're cool. I know person B and person B, I think would really dig your stuff. And I think you would dig person B stuff and then they connect to you. And so you start like building this little spider web of people. Um, I have other people yeah. I've met that way too. Um, also while I'm thinking about it, cause I know I'm going to forget um, if you find yourself like you're shy or, you know, you're afraid that people aren't going to want to talk to you. Um, I suggest, I suggest remembering this. Um, everybody loves people to want to read their stuff. Um, there's this like pitch contest that happen on Twitter. I know mm -hmm. the toxic hellhole, but if you watch pitches on Twitter and you actually try to find pitches that you like, you can reach out to those people and be like, Hey, I'm new to the community and I really liked your pitch. Like, you know, uh, ask for, you know, if they have a writer's group, ask, you know, whatever you want to ask. Like, do you want to, do you want to offer a trade? Like a, you know, beta retrade, that kind of stuff. Like you can do that and rest assured they will want you to read their stuff because we are writers and we want people to read our stuff. Like, uh, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a way to do it. If you're, if you're, if you are desperate and you haven't figured out how to approach somebody yet do that because that's a great conversation starter just waiting for a pitch contest but again i really like nanorimo yeah. as a way to do it it's like a safe space yeah and the thing with nanorimo is like everybody's kind of in the same <laughs> headspace because you're all drafting you're all trying to write and some people may be in a little bit different place in their writing career if they are looking for a career, but you inevitably will find people who are kind of at the same spot you are or close to it or who are looking for the same goal. You may meet other people who are fanfic writers who are doing it just to like get on AO3, get on Wattpad, you know, socialize with people, build a community who aren't really looking for like a traditional publishing contract. You may meet people who want to be self-published authors who want to publish like multiple books a year. Um, and then you may meet people who want to query and traditionally publish, but trying to find people who kind of like want the same thing isn't necessary because I do have plenty of critique partners and friends that do otherwise, but having at least one or two people you can like drag along whatever journey you're on is very helpful. <laughs> Yep. So I think we went through my whole list of like places to find critique partners. I did mention pitch contests and not like the ones that you mentioned, which are the ones where people like pit mad, where people post their pitch for the book, which I thought is actually a really sneaky idea. I didn't think about to like troll other people's books and be like, this sounds like a good book. Please let me like critique it for you. Um, but the, the <laughs> like big contest contests for revision, like, uh, Pitch Wars, Rev Pit, Write Mentor, and there's a whole bunch of others. They're they're cropping up. There's more of them. Um, I have kind of mixed feelings on those contests themselves, but a lot of times the community that springs up around them can be really supportive, and you can find other people who write the same genre who are looking for other people to critique or beta their work and are look willing to critique or beta other people's work. So, like, I entered Pitch Wars one year, like I said, I have kind of mixed feelings about Pitch Wars as a contest, but I did meet some really great people and other writers through it, um, so it can be a good way to meet people. Yeah, and because I forgot to be obnoxiously funny this entire time, uh, you know, if all else fails, uh, just create yourself a nice character and talk to them, and don't worry about befriending other people because people suck anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not entirely Make sure to give a lie. That character 
a good personality. Make sure to give them two or three flaws and two or three positive, uh, positive. Uh, you want a well-rounded one. You want a well-rounded character to listen to you and you want him to treat you nice, him or her or them. You want them to treat you nice and you want them to, to love you and be there for you. So, so make them make it work. <laughs> You laugh, but I did it for a while. It's great. It does work. I'm just, I'm just kind of laughing. You're like, make it work. Make it work. Make- this is your like sad Tim Gunn impression. Make it work. Make your own. Make it work. Make your own. Make your CP partner into a book character. Write a pretty novel. <laughs> it is a very pretty novel. But yeah, so that was kind of my list of pe- places to find them. We've kind of ranted about. Good CPs, bad CPs, um, good and bad beta readers. Any final thoughts? If anybody has any questions, please type them into the chat and we'll answer them here in a minute as we kind of go into our like last little anything we forgot to mention. Anything you want to rant about or vent about? I can I'll, I can say right now, uh, I, uh, you know, guys, I'm going to be looking for, I need one more beta reader who's an absolute stranger for me uh this september so if any of you listening to this feel like you have something i would enjoy or would like to read a speculative fiction about a very sad adorable man in a breeding human breeding facility you just give me a shoot me an email and maybe we can talk because i need one more stranger and I don't actually know where to look for one of those right now. So, yeah. I would like to add, you said very sad, adorable man. You're underplaying the sad and adorableness. <laughs> I... If you're looking for, like, <laughs> the cinnamoniest of cinnamon rolls in this setting that's kind of, that's just very interesting and unique, just trust me. Read DC's work. You'll not be disappointed. It is It is a book about a man who works at a human breeding facility. It is an optimistic dystopia. And it uh, it is about uh, a childhood trauma has caused him to see all women as actual birds. Some weird, complicated mental shit going on there. So if, if any of you listening out there feel like that'd be something uh, you might want to add to your September 2021, you just shoot me a mail and maybe we can talk yeah you can email the main and it's writing at gmail email address and we'll make sure that that gets to dc um just be like please let me read your book (laughs) i think i'm okay as a writer maybe who knows maybe i give you trash we just don't know maybe maybe i give you garbage you're more than okay and then, hey, if you do that, you've at least taken your first step into trying to reach out into the writing community. That's I true. This like... is like a safe place to practice your, like, reaching out to other writers. Yeah. I am, I am, I am, though Though I may come across as gruff sometimes, I find that I am actually quite nice and approachable and love to help. You are. Okay. Well, we don't have after our little sappy moment. It looks like we don't have any questions tonight. So good. I'm hitting the point where I'm I'm adding random syllables. We don't have any uh questions um because I've had too much pumpkin rum coffee drink tonight. So <laughs> that's fun. Maybe I'll go try revising. <laughs> have a good time. Yeah. Well, thank you, everybody for joining yes. in um we really appreciate you hanging out with us um despite our technical issues uh we, yeah. will, we will be sending a, like i said a strongly worded letter to the to the wireless to oh, the cable yes. company uh and we'll get all that worked out before next time oh Thanks, i guys. guess i forgot to do our little conclusion oh. about like where to find us um oh. i've had some some drinks so let me pull my cheat sheet uh so our next episode is july 25th and it will be the first half of a two-part episode on the word was it was so big we needed two episodes for it uh part one is about the dreaded passive voice we need like a dun 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 Dun, dun, dun. and we'll be editing again too so we'll get to hear lots of oh no we're so close to the end and we lost this 
Computers are fun. I love computers. They're great. Yeah. <laughs> funny, and the internet just put out on me like we're so close, so close. Whatever. Yes. Uh, the chat just said, "I bet DC has Comcast." Yep, I sure do. Anyways, okay. Passive voice. Next episode, July twenty fifth, seven thirty p.m. The usual time. Um, or you can check out the audio version afterward as usual. Find everything at anditswriting.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts as as usual. I said as usual already, but the pumpkin spice is really hitting me. <laughs> so we're gonna call it here. And we will see you all next time. See you all around. Bye. Bye. Hello, it's Editing Avery again. Uh, apparently, I do not know how dates work. Uh, I mentioned in the podcast that our next podcast would be July 25th. That is incorrect because we podcast on Fridays and that is July 23rd. So please join us on July 23rd for our discussion on Passive Voice. Thank you.